Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa. You know me, the person who's who's a self-proclaimed therapist. How are you guys doing today? I'm going to tell you something. I've got a little bit of a cold. It sounds bad, but it sounds worse than it... I mean, I feel okay. I felt worse a couple of days ago, but I feel okay. And I'm so glad that you're with us listening today on Radio Free Brooklyn. Um, I have a special, amazing guest today, a very, I'm going to say very successful for, for a very successful comedian, Matt Ruby. And I'm going to introduce you to him in a second, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. But before we do that, let's talk about donations because it's this time of year and I know you guys have a lot of money and are looking for big tax write-offs okay so I'm here to help you out you you know no 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 amount is actually too small seriously you give us a dollar you get like you get a tax deduction whatever it is honestly we just really appreciate the support we really care about um our station, our listeners, our community. We, we have a lot of programs. We are definitely an active member of helping. We're here to help. We also educate and entertain. So, um, we're not, you know, we're a 501c3 nonprofit. Um, go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate and, uh, Check us out. Check out the whole station while you're there, all right? Okay, so here here's what I'm going to say about Matt Ruby Wise. See if he's looking at I'm not even going to look at him because I don't really care. No, I mean, I'm not going to be influenced. I'm not going to let him influence me what I am going to say about him. So anyway, um he is he is a very he is a very successful comedian. I told you that, right? So he's like a regular at the comedy cellar, you know, the best club probably in the world. He's um he's done like a bunch of he's done two specials. He's been on like all sorts of TV shows. He's uh created a whole bunch of things. Vuza uh this is a, he he ha, the okay. He's a great writer. That's what I was saying to Matt, Matt, that he was a great writer. Um, he's also an incredible performer, but his work is very intelligent and it has a message. And he's one of those comedians. This is why I wanted to meet him, have him on the show is because he's one of those comedians that is really funny, but like he makes you think. I know. And, 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 and if you're listening to the show, I hope you, I hope you're with me on that. That's all I can say. So, um, Matt, does that make sense to you? It's very kind. Thank you very much. And, sure. Yes. Okay. And I also want to tell you all the details. So it's, you should really read the Rubes letter. He has a weekly newsletter, um, that is heavily subscribed to. And what you really should do is just go to mattruby.com and you can find out all this stuff or mattrubycomedy.com. Oh, I'm so sorry. There's yeah. some other guys had mattruby.com and is it's just a right? picture of planet earth and it's been that way for 20 years and it drives me crazy. Fuck him. I know. Fuck that guy. So go to mattrubycomedy.com 
or you get a picture of the earth or on Instagram. These are, I'm just telling you two of so many places you can find out so much more about him. And you're really going to want to know stuff because when we're done, because he's a really smart guy and he's got a lot to say and he's thoughtful. So Matt, that's you. Thoughtful. I've, I've, I, you're a thoughtful, smart, talented, successful comedian. I think that's pretty good. That sounds great. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I also, uh, saw Matt perform recently. I don't know why I'm doing this, but I just kind of want to get this all out. Okay. Matt is also doing, tell us a little bit uh, about your misguided meditation show and your, that's going to be, it's kind of your latest project, right? Which is sort of an outgrowth of what I was just saying about you. So tell us about it. Yeah. It's called misguided meditation. Uh, the next performance will be January 22nd in New York City. Uh, yeah, Instagram is a good way to find out about that. I'm at Ruby Matt on Instagram. I'll be posting about it incessantly. Um, but it's a weird show. It takes place in a yoga studio. It's comedy and then also kind of serious. And <clears throat> see, I'm, I'm getting a You're cough now get too. Um, there's a musician, uh, Steve Pistano, who plays sort of like ambient music soundscape in the background. Uh, we're going to have visuals too. Uh, people sit on yoga mats and can stretch or do whatever. And it's, uh, funny and then also serious and talks about like psychedelics and death and meditation and therapy and, uh, you know, a lot about my own personal journey and mindfulness and trying to figure stuff out and deal with my, uh, toxic masculinity and what it's like to be alive in our crazy culture right now. So I, I'm here to tell you guys, it's really great. And it's a very, like, what, what attracted me to go to the show was that it was a very kind of unique, yet entertaining, and like I said before, thoughtful experience. So it's kind of like, it's very original. And um, it just puts you, it's entertaining, like I said, but it puts you in a different space than uh, other previous forms of entertainment that I've experienced. Thanks. That's cool. Yeah, I wanted very to- cool. Part of the original idea was to do do something not in a comedy club because that's where I'm performing all the time. And there's just it's part of what's great about it, but it's also can be a drawback of like there's a lot of pressure at a comedy show at a comedy club, both for the performer where you're like I got to get laughs. It's like it feels like there's mm-hmm. air leaking out of a tire every every second. You're not getting a laugh, and you got to like kind of constantly be thinking about that and and doing your job of getting laughs. And then on the audience, there's a lot of pressure too of like, okay, we got to pay attention. Is he going to make fun of us? Uh, we got to order drinks. We got to be quiet, but we also got to be engaged. And like, you know, it's just sort of like, it, it's part of why, you know, comedy clubs are great. And there's lots of laughs that come from that tension. But I also like sometimes want a different vibe. And like to me doing it in a yoga studio or somewhere else, now we've shifted sort of the entire energy and the exchange of like, okay, first of all, it almost feels more of like a performance art gathering or something. And it's like, where are we? What's going to happen? Is this going to be funny? Is this music? Is this serious? Are we supposed to stretch? What's happening? And like kind of, you know, also having just sort of a more chill dynamic of like, mm-hmm. you, you know, this is, mm-hmm. this is a comedy show, mm-hmm. but also just calm down. It's mm-hmm. fine. You can, mm-hmm. you, you don't want to laugh. That's fine. I don't, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, just sort of like, uh, let, let's, let's be human, uh, together for, for an hour, as opposed to feeling like there's some, uh, spotlight on me or, or you as an audience member. Well, what's, what's really cool about it is it kind of gets to the essence of what I think performance really 
what's special about it is that we're all in the moment and you're kind of like, you're kind of, we're kind of, you get more of a feeling like we're all in this together than you would at a comedy club where the performer and the audience have very assigned separated roles. So, you know, it, the, like I said, it puts you in a different space. So let's get to you. Um, so here's something that I've been thinking about. Um, I think that you have, I feel like you have, and I, 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 I haven't studied your work enough to, to really be an authority on this, I might say, cause there's, there's a lot, guys. Give me a break. Um, but I feel like you have a philosophy, a way of going through the world or a very strong viewpoint on going through the world. And I wanted to, um, see if you could, we're on the radio and it's only an hour show and I don't want to spend the whole hour on it, but is it easier? Is there any way that you could sort of put that together and describe it to me? My philosophy of the world. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, I think, I do think comedy and being a comedian and looking at the world that way is, it is like, like a lifestyle or a worldview of like how you engage with, you know, everything on a day to day basis. And, uh, you know, anytime you you get pissed off or there's, something crazy happens. It's not just that thing in that moment. You're like, Oh, also maybe this could be something to talk about or to focus on. And, um, so I think it's, but I, I guess to me, the, if I had to point out a seed of it, it's like an anti bullshit philosophy, which I Mm -hmm. think is probably why I got into comedy in the first place is what I, I was never like the class clown and the super funny, you know, guy growing up. But like, I just am obsessed with people who tell the truth and realize that comedians get away with it more than anyone else. Like I, I grew up loving Howard Stern and being like, how does this guy get away with it? I remember the first time I saw bring the pain by Chris rock and being like, I've never heard anyone say stuff like this in public on TV before. How is this even possible? And, and realizing like, Oh, by being funny, that's a way into sort of talking about stuff in that way. And so I think that's, in my mind, like sort of the origin story. And then once you start doing comedy, then it sort of branches out in all different ways. But so you have, um, you know, you, you definitely have like a messages, you have things that you want to say. And I think their thought, whatever they are, they're thought provoking. But I was also trying to figure out like what, what is in your head that you want people to know? Like, can you, can you, can you, can you define that in some ways? Yeah. I mean, I like, I think our culture is like really fucked up right now and has really like misplaced priorities and we're all kind of, you know, buying into a, a system and like kind of a machine that isn't really working for us. And I think we see it in like how, you know, uh, all the mental health issues that are going on right now and the level of anxiety and, and disconnection and our addiction to technology and, and consumerism and all this you know, kind of uh, value system that's been like kind of placed upon us that's not working for us. And that, like, I think a lot of people are like, oh, am I fucked up? Am I messed up? Is, is there mm-hmm. something wrong with me? Is my mm-hmm. brain disordered? Do I need to? And, and I like, I like, I guess what I would hope is something that I can get out there is like, no, it's not you. You're not alone. You're not the only person who's feeling like, what the hell is going on right now? It's like, I'm not aligned with this. Does that mean I'm broken? Like, like as though you can kind of see like, oh, if this uh, environment is broken, then you feeling bad is actually being healthy. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're mm-hmm. actually, you're, that's your, your brain and your body alerting you that you're not aligned with, you know, the, the environment that you've been placed into. That's like, that's actually like good and like something to pay attention to and something to like nurture and like, you know, kind of not run away from right. or not think, not blame yourself. Like the amount that we are blaming our our minds and our brains these days like blows me away as if suddenly we've just our all our brains have become fractured so you want to be reassuring in a certain way yeah Uh, do you want to be reassuring to yourself as well or like how do you feel about those things is it more that you feel okay about them and you want other people to feel okay about them i mean we're talking about um like social media and all the pressure of technology and all that crap right well, I mean, I, I, reassuring is an interesting frame up because it's like, I think maybe that's true in a way, but also there, there might be discomfort on the way to, so, to, to reassurance. Like, like that there is that pain, pain and discomfort and anxiety and all these things, like that's not necessarily something to run away from or something that's bad. Like, oh, that's, that's like an alert system. That's something that you're going through. And then it's like, okay, what's underneath that? Why are you feeling that? What do you want to do about that? And, you know, it's, um, so there, it's not, it's not always like everything's fine. It's like, oh, there might be a hard path ahead and there might be difficult challenges, but like maybe it's going to be worthwhile as opposed to being stuck in in a, in a place where you're like, this is not where I feel I belong. You want them, you want to help them identify their, 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 their anxiety or what is that or you tell me I, yeah i mean i, I, I don't I, know how to put it i think i like i i resist this idea that i'm doing all this for other people and that you know i think there's just a lot of ego and i like performing no, and i like telling no, the truth and you know not, and, and getting not, laughs and making myself um you know no be, no but i, I think not, that's part of it like no, I, I'm, I, not, like, I'm not trying i mean i'm not putting you out there as a you know guy who's trying to impart his like philosophy um what i'm curious about honestly is that i feel like you have some strong feelings in you yeah about how the world is and i want to know what those are and where they came from sort of well i think it comes from you know life experiences i mean it starts with my parents who are both you know my mom was definitely like a seeker and you know, a bohemian artistically minded person. And, you know, my dad uh, was like a prosecutor and, you know, uh, also a a very good writer. And so I'm the product of those two people who are very different, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, Mm -hmm. had some overlap and, um, you know, kind of that was, that was my, the soil that I came out of. And then life experiences of, you know, being in a band for years and backpacking around the world and, you know, taking psychedelics and then, you know, encountering a lot of, you know, uh, deaths and various forms of suffering within my family or people close to me. And, you know, just the experience of, you know, making art, you know, doing comedy, writing, you know, going to therapy, you know, all this stuff Mm -hmm. sort of, and just sort of being like, uh, not, and being the age I am and not having ever been married or having a family. And, you know, that, that, you know, there's, you know, things that I could view as drawbacks to that, but it's also been like, okay, if I, if I'm not going down that path in my life, like, What's what's because I think children do kind of give you that that your, your uh, ego surrender mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, experience mm-hmm. that uh, as human beings is like kind of a helpful way to mature and, and become a, an adult. And if you don't have that in your life, that then you almost need you don't need to. But it can be helpful to like 
how else are you going to get to that where you're not just like an adolescent forever in your mind? And like, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you become an adult? What does that mean? What, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you mature? How do you keep growing and learning and like, you know, being curious? So, um, where, what were your parents like? Where did you grow up? Or I grew up in suburbs of New York in Westchester County and you brothers, know, sisters. I got a sister. Yeah. My, my dad was a prosecutor and my sister was a cop and my mom and I both love drugs and, you know, a lot of weed and psychedelics. So it was the real like cops and robbers going on right within our family's so, scenario. So you, um, t- and this is, I can, I don't know how to say this out. I'm not judgmental, but I don't know how to say it without so- sounding judgmental. So you and your mom took drugs together. I smoked weed with my mom. How, uh, like at, how old were you? That was in my twenties. Not when I, she, she kept stuff, you know, undercover Did for you the know, most part. You didn't know that she was smoking? No. Uh, I mean, uh, I have a joke about it and it's true because my mom had a meditation room uh, in our house. And I remember the first time I ever smoked weed, I was like, wow, this smells a lot like my mom's meditation room. That's <laughs> interesting how that happens, you know? Um, but your dad was a prosecutor. He could have gotten in trouble. Did they, how did they manage the, and I'm, I'm going to say pot smoking, but all the other stuff that comes along, that mentality of, you know, that's a very free thinking, right? Yeah. I mean, my, my mom was into like organic, you know, food and seaweed and stuff in like the eighties when no one even was talking about that stuff and talked taught dream analysis workshops and was very into, you know, all kinds of new agey type so stuff. And you- my dad was not at all on that page and was like uh Ronald Reagan loving, you know, really? conservative really? A conservative. prosecutor. Yeah. Worked with Giuliani as an assistant really? DA in New York city. Wow. Um, and yeah, he, th- he thought he was like a Jewish sheriff or something. So, um, I, I mean, the, th- the way that they made it work was, I think they gave each other a lot of space and they were just, they both had what they had in common was that each one of them had incredibly overbearing mothers that they had spent their lives kind of running away from. And so I think part of what worked for them was they were like, I'm going to leave you alone if you leave me alone and we'll Uh be connected here, you know, as we, as needed for our marriage and our family, but also like, we don't need to agree on everything. We don't, there's things that are more important than politics or whatever. So how did, how did you process that as a kid? Were they, did they seem distant from each other? Were they, arguing um did your sister align your sister younger or older older did she align with one or the other more did you align it sounds like two very different camps i'm trying to understand how how it could, i'm trying to imagine how a uh, uh, growing up with them how you would combine that in your own I, life i think my life has been a transition from aligning more with my father to aligning more with my mother Interesting. I think as a child, it was much easier to kind of grasp my dad's point of view of the world and, you know, kind of, you know, see how things were this way. And, you know, as I, when I'm 12 years old and I'm coming home and my mom's teaching a dream analysis workshop in the living room and there's a bunch of middle-aged housewives all describing their dreams, I'm like, I don't know what to do with that as a 12 year old. I'm just like, I'm going to go into the back. I don't know what's happening here. And uh, so I think, you know, there's, there's, I don't think wisdom isn't always accessible to people at a youthful age. Sometimes you need to live some life before you start like actually grasping like, Oh, here's how these things matter or why they're important. And so I, I think, you know, I think my dad, yeah, you know, well, I don't know. My, and they were both very intelligent people. So I think that's, you know, sort of was like the guiding 
overlap right. of like, okay, well, you know, if you, if you're reading books and if you care about ideas and like pay attention to things that are smart, then, then you're going to be on the right path. What, and the specifics of like, is it like some hippy dippy stuff or is it some, you know, uh, Tom Clancy, you know, spy thriller is less important than just that you care about ideas and did, you're pursuing something. Did your dad take your mom, like take that stuff seriously? No, so, <laughs> no, so, he, he was like, you know, but, uh, he, he didn't try to dissuade her or anything. It was just yeah. sort of like, it was, there was a lot of like eye rolling and then like, okay, whatever, if that's working for you, go for it. You know, I'm wondering, kind of thing. I'm wondering if it made, and, and, uh, you know, um, again, sounds a little judgmental, but, um, I'm wondering if your dad sort of put out a message like your mom is, you know, not silly. Did you get no, that because message? My mom was, was serious. So I, I think, you know, and I think, I think this is a common thing with like, uh, not, not to think of stuff in too gendered of a way, but I think, you know, sometimes there's like some wisdom that is possessed by women that men do not completely understand in a mm-hmm. logical analytical way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can either like dismiss it as like, you know, cuckoo woo woo stuff, or you can be like, oh, okay. She's into that stuff. Maybe there's something there. I don't completely understand it, but also like, you know, what am I going to do? Try to convince her she's wrong, you know, and sort of like, and you know, also you look back like a lot of the stuff that was, oh, this is new age woo woo stuff back then that was dismissed, you know, oh, it's like yoga, uh, you know, uh, eating, you know, organic, you know, stuff like seaweed, you know, uh, crystals or whatever like first of all all that stuff is wildly popular now and also it has existed for thousands of years so the idea that like yoga is something new age it's like there's nothing new about it it's just new to the west and we don't have scientists that can explain it in in the right way or psychedelics same thing like just now science scientists are trying to explain stuff that people in indigenous cultures have known for like thousands of years so sure. it's sort of like sure. you know who's really the smart one or the right one in in that dialogue and i think you know sometimes you have to Except, you know, what you, what you understand and also what you don't understand. I think my dad at least was, was like, you know, like, I don't know what she's doing over there, but he wasn't like, you're, you're an idiot. That was never the tone. It was just sort of like, okay, I guess that's what you want to do. I'll, I'll just be over here. That's good to hear. I'll be over here reading about the history of the Nazis or whatever he was into. No, that's cool to hear. (laughs) Um, so it sounds like your attitude about your mom changed as you grew older. Yeah, I mean, I think it was just... her interests. I don't know. When you're a child, I just don't think you understand. Like, if someone tries to tell you, like, psychedelics and, and therapy and dream analysis and, you know, uh, that sort of stuff, I just think, I don't know, as a 12-year-old boy or whatever, it was just, like, not something that was accessible to me. Of course. No, I, I understand that. But, like, what do you... Like, how did it change? What do you think changed? Like, how do you think... Do you think it like like was it in college? Did you like what happened? Where did you go to college? Uh, Northwestern University. Good school. Thanks. Sure. And what were you studying there? Uh, political science. Mm-hmm. And what did you imagine you were going to do? I didn't really know. I've, I've never been much of like a planner. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I, I really wanted to be like a rock star, and so like you know, oh, I, was, I was obsessed with like you know, uh, after college, I was in a band for years and kind of doing that and then you know working as a web designer at a tech company and then mm-hmm. the you know tech stuff started to become more of like a real job but like uh yeah i've never really kn- known what i want to do in mm-hmm. in the future not, right. not a big the future guy right but um you you 
Like when you went into college, did you sort of, it sounds like you were sort of more modeling yourself after your dad. That's really what I should be asking. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I was intentionally modeling, no, more no, so him naturally. him than her naturally. At, that, at that age. And but, so yeah. I'm trying to like figure out what in you to cause that to switch. I think it was some of the stuff I mentioned. I think, you know, I think being in a band and, and you know, trying to create songs and like kind of having that, you know, I think traveling, I think psychedelics, I think life and just sort of like experiences and relationships and um, yeah, just sort of like, even just, I remember, you know, taking ayahuasca and, you know, having this feeling of like, oh, I, I think my mom's been here before, you <laughs> uh-huh. know, and sort of like, oh, this is, all this stuff kind of makes sense. And, um, and but, then I just think, you know, getting older, you know, just like learn, well, learning, like- learning about life and like, kind of like, oh, stuff that like was just kind of hazy or on the horizon then starts coming into focus. And you're like, oh, this kind of makes more sense. now. Well, you sound curious. I mean, you obviously have done a lot and gone out and seen the world. Um, so that has a lot to do with it. But also like, I'm wondering if the way you grew up with your father as a prosecutor, which is really a lawyer, right? Yeah. So, but prosecutor, it's really funny. It like, you know, it, it seems like a certain kind of lawyer. There's a, there's I think a it is. Yeah. Time, and yeah. he was that guy. So I, but the thing is, is that I bet like, it's funny because you probably grew up in a really like, at least like, you know, uh, financially and otherwise very stable household, right? Yeah, I mean, relatively. Not a, yeah, str- not a struggling household. But then, when you got out in the world as a creative person, you wound up strugg- being a struggling person. Well, I mean, I throw in then my mom got multiple sclerosis, which incurred like a shit ton of medical costs and stuff like that. So you know, like uh, oh, li- life is a roller when coaster did your of. Uh, get, get uh, I was in like middle school. So. Oh, that's really hard. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> and so, you know, there's there was some uh, that, that can impact the comfortable, uh, you know, that lifestyle imp- in all kinds of ways, financially and emotionally and everything else, you know. That can impact a lot. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, um, it's funny. I think about Amy Schumer, right? Her father mm-hmm. had that. Yeah. And I think how must, I don't know, it's really funny. That's a whole other story about Amy Schumer. Um, speaking to her about it once, but the thing is, is that, um, so that, that, that is huge, right? Sure. And how do you, do you, so in middle school, so how did that, did that change your life or? It did, but I mean, the way I describe it is sort of like, it's like watching someone get beat up with a feather. So it's just like over like 15 years, you know, she goes from, you know, just having a tough time walking to needing a cane to needing a stroller to winding up in a wheelchair to being paralyzed. So, but like that happens over like a 15 year span. It's not like someone who's in a car crash. So there's this whole sort of slow, you know, decline that goes that at least in her case happened, which yeah, was, you know, painful to witness. Uh, but also like the way she handled it was with, you know, a lot of grace and you know she was never complaining about it and just sort of like oh my journey is an inward one and you know was really a fighter around the whole thing so mm-hmm. i think you know just how she handled it all and processed it was a real you know life lesson for me in a lot of ways too yeah i can i can only imagine i mean that sounds that sounds really that sounds like uh, that sounds really value valuable and difficult and like um 
you know, something that uh, most, you know, people, well, don't go through as, as, I mean, you went through it growing up to start. Yeah. I mean, I'd say she didn't start really getting bad till, you know, college and when I was out of college. So, you know, you know, I had a quote unquote, you know, normal childhood with her for the most part. So it didn't concern you that much as a kid? I mean, not as a kid, no. I mean, it's, you know, and then it's just sort of like, you know, you don't really know what it means. You just know like, oh, my mom is having a tough time walking up this hill. Mm -hmm, Hmm. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that must have had a, I mean, that's big. I can't, that must have been huge. How did that affect you? Do you you think, or how does that, how does that factor into all the things we've been talking about? Or I mean, I think it's, you know, I think it's an awareness of your body as a vessel and you know what it is and when you have it and like uh, a desire to cherish that and to use it and experience it and like to not have regrets. I mean, I think one thing that did help her is that when she was young, she did have this really like adventure filled life and did all kinds of, you know, wild things and like was really like uh, having experiences and using her body in in an adventurous way you know, like hitchhiking through like Europe and the Middle wow. East and like, you know, the sixties and you wow. know, living in a house with the velvet underground and like, you know, being bohemian. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. And my mom was a wow, cool lady when really she was young. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when she was old, but just sort of like being like, Oh, if this is, you know, you know, you never know what's going to happen or when it's going to happen. And so like sort of a, a be here now attitude of like, well, if like, are you taking advantage of the vessel that you have in this moment? Because like, you don't know when it's going to go away. And I think that's something that's definitely been incorporated into, you know, how I view the world and live my life for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, also, I think that um, she sounds like somebody who, um, you know, she has like a lot. I mean, she just sounds really like a lot of strength, like she had a lot of strength. Yeah, she was a real fighter, and, and I mean, her mom was a real uh, a, a, a piece of work. I think is the phrase. So I, she came from a, a, a line of uh, strong, strong folks. women. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but um, to yeah, and what? How did her, how did your parents meet? Uh, so my mom's mom uh, had her own line of lingerie and evening wear. It's called Eve Stillman Lingerie, and my wow. dad was a before a lawyer. He was a writer for Women's Wear Daily. And he went to interview her for a story. And at the end of the interview, my grandma said to my dad, you should meet my daughter. She's learning how to type and she's seeing a therapist. Wow. So it was a blind date? Yeah. And they hit it off. Yeah. Three months later, uh, the story my mom said is that she gave him a bunch of pot cookies and didn't tell him there was pot in them. And he got really stoned and then said we should get married. And that's how they got engaged. I like that. That's a good... It's a good, I don't know, you know, I like that. Now your sister's a cop. Used to be. I mean, that oh. was just a brief, when, you know. It was so kind is of, she really different than you? Uh, she's pretty different. We definitely have some overlap, but she's uh, she's been on a different path for sure. She's uh-huh. got a kid. She's like uh, in the suburbs and, you know, kind of uh, doing her own thing. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, we, we love each other and we're close, but, you know, certainly have uh Different, different, we've had a different set of experiences. Uh-huh. I'll put it that way. <laughs> uh-huh. Does she seem more influenced by like, like right now from what I'm getting, I can see your dad because um, there's part of you that seems really focused and motivated and thoughtful and, you know, willing to work hard and all that. And then there's this other part that seems 
you know, more, less linear. I'm going to, I don't know how else to put it. So I can see you as kind of a combination of both. And like, I think that, you know, your dad is a good compliment. Your dad's skills is a good compliment to your mom's skills. Sure. Maybe one without the other would have so, been. Some right and left brain uh, yeah. intersection. So I did that. your dad, um, did your sister take after your dad more? Yeah, I think, you know, slightly because I think, um, yeah, I, w- I would say that's accurate. Is she a creative person? Or does she express herself creatively? Uh, not in ex- not in the same ways that I do, but I, she's very into like interior home design and things like that. So I think that is like a form of creative expression. It's just mm-hmm. like she's not like getting on stage or you know doing something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But she's sort of less like uh, making her own path in the world. I don't. Want, I wouldn't want to. Wouldn't want her to hear me say that about her. I, mean, she, I think she's making her own path in the world too, but just in a different direction. You know. Yeah, we know what we're saying. Anyway, no, I'm sure. I mean, this, you know, well, uh, you know, I'm always, I I say I'm not judgmental or I try not to sound judgmental. I'm so judgmental. But it's also, she, she's she got a kid and like, yeah. that's a whole different, you know, so yeah, yeah I'm yeah. sure part of her is like, yeah, of course you go, go tell your silly jokes. I've got to like feed this child and like totally understandable, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, she's probably, you know, I mean, she's, she has what makes her happy or what she, we're all different. We're all just different. I mean, you know, the way, you know, if you're a creative person, you can't imagine having, you know, living that life. You can't imagine having the other life, but those people, you know, everybody's got their own jam. So, um, is your sister married? Is she married now? Uh, she's not married. She She was married and her husband died in a motorcycle accident. Oh, I'm so sorry. Wow. That is so much tragedy. <laughs> wow. You've Welcome been... to me. Wow. Yeah. Ta-da. Was... Comedy, everyone. <laughs> now, who, who wants, now, who wants to laugh? <laughs> oh, man. When was that? Was that years ago? Uh, Yeah. It was uh, her son was six months old at the oh, time. Oh, my so, God. Like, 14 years ago. So she, wow. She's, you know, obviously it was tough at the time, but she's, you know, recovered well and they're d- both doing great. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Do they live near you guys? Uh, Maryland, so not too far. Yeah. So you're a pretty active uncle, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love them and try to get down there all the uh, time. So can we talk about your dating life? <laughs> sure. Great. So um, are you dating anybody now? Yeah, I live with my girlfriend. Oh, great. So how long have you been together? Uh, two years. Wow. Is that, um, a long relationship for you? Yeah, I think it's a long for most people. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, I guess, um, 47. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. He looks good. He looks good for his age. Thank you. Doesn't Thank look you. like 40. <laughs> the thirties definitely somewhere. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of sleeping till 10 and olive oil. That's no, my secret. All right. Um, but yeah, I guess before that, I guess I would say it was kind of like a serial monogamist. Although I don't, you know, like, I always think that's a weird phrase because the only other serial we use is serial killer. So it's <laughs> just like a strange term. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like being in a relationship, you know, and like uh, I, I feel like I wasn't always, I uh, feel like I've gotten better at being a boyfriend than I used to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, is she a comedian? No. What does she do? Uh, she works at the mental health uh, for youth kind of organization as an administrator. 
Oh, so is her training in mental health or? No, uh, she actually comes from like a journalism background. Oh, so she likes writing as well? Uh, yeah, she's a good writer. Mm-hmm. So how does um, how how does it work? Does she go to see you a lot, or are you out a lot, or how? What is your how is your lifestyle? How does it how's it working out? I mean, it's great. I, I enjoy it. I mean, she she comes to see me perform sometimes, but not all the time. You know, uh, we we're actually just up in Maine, and she's got a lot of family up there, and I was performing, so that was kind of fun because like. Uh, you know, eight of her family members came out and they all wanted to sit like right in the front row. I'm like, oh, please don't oh, do that. Please, hilarious. please, like that can't handle like just just a wall of your family right in the front row. But uh, no, we had fun and I, I think that was good. And yeah, she's very, uh, you know, obviously with stand up, you know, you're out at all hours and, you know, traveling and doing shows all the time. And she's understanding about that. And, uh, you How know, did you guys meet uh, at a bar? Nice. Yeah. No, I have a joke about how it's like that used to be like a trashy thing in how society viewed it. And now people are just impressed that you met in person, person at all. I it was know. like, oh, wait, you meet at a bar. Like, oh, the, how romantic. It's like, yeah, I was hammered. They're like, vintage. Yeah. Did you, did you, were you like, was it like, I want to meet that person or? Yeah, I don't know. We were just kind of standing nearby each other and she seemed intriguing and like uh, cute. And I was like, hey, what's up? That's so. Wow, you actually met her in person. Yeah. In a bar. The old fa- the like old fashioned way. way. <laughs> That's so nice. So um so so she didn't see you doing stand up or anything? Uh no, not at first. Were you there doing stand up? No, no, no. It was a non comedy. It was venue. a non like, working environment. Yeah, this yeah. Also like I don't know, there's something nice if you meet someone as a human being first and then I they can guess. engage with you as a performer or mm-hmm. comedian or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So so you were saying better boyfriend. I'm curious about that. Can we let's talk about that? Can we talk about that? Like what sure. do you what what and you talk about toxic masculinity. I think you seem, you know, I mean so what 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 what's your ideas about masculinity and like how have you have you changed or what's your point of view on all that stuff? Um I mean and, it's and I, in relationships. I I mean I think it's very popular right now to just beat up on men and, and toxic masculinity and I get it. And like, you know, creeps like Cuomo or Matt Lauer or whatever, like totally got it. Yeah. Harvey Weinstein should go to jail. I got it. But like, uh, I do also think what is missing is like, okay, what's, what's not toxic masculinity and what does that look like? And you know, uh, what is the model for, for manhood and being a man that we actually want to encourage and endorse and I think that's like a really interesting subject that isn't getting a lot of uh, airtime and in, in like mainstream sort of ways. And I think the problem is like if we don't, you know, talk about it actively in a way that's, you know, sort of uh, generating like what we want, then there's plenty of other people who fill that vacuum, which is like, you know, the, the Reddit and porn and the incels and the the podcasts mm. and, and all this sort of underbelly is, you know, young men craving some version of masculinity that they can like align themselves with. And like, I think there's uh, a, there's a way to, to sort of get rid of like the bullshit that's come along with like a lot of the patriarchy and how men have behaved. And I get why people are, women are frustrated with it, but also be like, look, testosterone is a thing. Being a man is different than being a woman, that there is sort of different desires. How do we want to handle this? How do we want to manage it? Let's have a discussion. Let's have a dialogue about it and let's be honest about it. And like, I feel like that's kind of uh, missing in a way that is, is 
I think it's leaving both genders dissatisfied or mm-hmm. I, I got to say all the, all the, the genders, the, 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 the our old fashioned genders. How about well, that? You know, just... but like, but like women don't seem to be super happy with men and how they are these days either. And so it's sort of, and then there's this gap between, you know, how, how we say we want men to behave and then, you know, the type of men that, that women are actually attracted I to. Agree. And, you know, there's, there's, there just seems like this l- layer of dishonesty mm-hmm. sort of going on mm-hmm. around a lot of it and to go back to the origin where we started of like i just don't like bullshit and it's like look like why don't we like can we talk about this honestly and in a way that's like mindful and healthy and like have a dialogue instead of like everyone's got to be an ally and anyone who disagrees Mm -hmm. is toxic and all this sort of Uh, like simplistic you know social media version of it that i think is like missing out on 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 layers that are a little more depthful so you don't feel that um, people are talking directly. You're saying, this is what I'm hearing, that people, you hear people, there's a lot of complaining about what's wrong, but we're not modeling or we're not, we're not giving examples of a better way. A I better, think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Better and more realistic, a realistic And way. also sort of like, well, we, we, I think people present like, this is how uh men should behave but then is that who they're attracted to is that who they want to i think women teach men how to behave oh, by yeah. who they choose to have sex with yes you know so, and who they're attracted to right and so it, are, are we are we aligned in the messages that we're communicating and and what we say we want versus our actual behavior and what we're attracted uh, to 100 percent. and, and I I, i'm saying say, we as if i'm a woman but like you know no, what i mean you know society, what i'm saying no i'm always saying that women undermine you know feminism or women's rights all the time we you know women are very responsible for a lot of that and it's true women want you know they or they do there are a lot i mean you know there are a lot of women going after alpha guys i mean that's the way that's the way it is that's reality and i i totally agree and i also you know applaud like the idea of putting out um modeling behavior that's not, where you can still be a man and you know and 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 but not 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 a toxic man yeah and you guys white you white guys can shit on a lot <laughs> yeah, we would say, I'm married I, to one so i, know. I get it you know yeah. it's we're an easy punching bag these days and uh <laughs> you know we have plenty of us deserve it and then maybe it's a little it's just a little hack sometimes is my thing of like you know huh, all right are you is this just like the easy like kind of you know sort of cliched Thing to go after you know because that's to it's me that's annoying. just kind of boring it's you know? annoying so let me ask you um your dad i'm curious about him the prosecutor so i'm curious about what how you what kind of masculinity he modeled and your feelings about his particular brand of masculinity i know he's you know the, the, i mean he's you know it's not today's in today's world but, uh, but you know i mean giving giving him the benefit of that but. yeah yeah no i mean he was from israel and israeli dudes are a whole special breed of uh they got their own kind of macho stuff and he loved like you know like i said ronald reagan john wayne you know sean connery is james bond he was very like you know sort of this classic mm-hmm. uh you know masculine archetype in a lot of ways was not open about his feelings was never vulnerable didn't like didn't like talking at all, much less talking about his feelings. Um, and so I think definitely that, you know, was a model that I grew up around and on mm-hmm. some level incorporated into my, you know, behavior or attitude. But I think I also, I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, especially as I got older, I was just like, well, I think maybe it's, I, I guess I like, I like talking and realized like, you know, I think that might've like, 
I, I like he also he would never like make art or you know write mm-hmm. write songs or mm-hmm. tell jokes or anything mm-hmm. like that and I think that so I I, th- I give a lot of like making music and being in a band I think was the doorway that opened up a lot of this stuff for me and being like okay well then not that it like made me like some sensitive you know whatever dude but like also is like oh maybe there's there's different versions of this that is not mm-hmm. I don't you know like I'm not I I it was not interesting to me to be like a tough guy or to be like I'm not going to talk about anything and I, but uh, you know I, I it took me time to get there and to you know right. sort of uh open up to well, we're talking about a man male showing vulnerability right yeah I yeah. mean I guess you know were you not I mean, did you have to learn to be comfortable showing vulnerability? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still not sure I'm not, that comfortable with it, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think what was it's, your dad's attitude about women. It's uh, an interesting question. I, I don't. Uh, it wasn't something that he spoke about a lot. So, so I don't, he had that was that was he was missing. You didn't really learn. You didn't really. He treated your mom with respect. Sure. Yeah. Okay, I'm getting that. Did he? Did he? I mean, like everyone treated my mom with respect. It was not like you were not gonna like. No one was gonna walk all over my mom. No, so. I get, I get that. But what did he? Were they intellectual equals? Was that? A, was was she? What she, did? Yeah, we. Yeah, he took her seriously, and and you know, she, somebody had to go to work, right? Let's not. That's too complicated. <laughs> but for the for this amount of time, but they respected each other's minds. They really did. Sure. Okay, yeah. so good. I'm glad to hear that. But your dad didn't really show you anything about how to be vulnerable, how to be vulnerable with women, and no. And so you had to learn that all on your on your own. Yes. So is that something that when I said that you've learned to be a better boyfriend, is that something that? you might be referring to learning how sure, to become yeah. vulnerability totally how, i mean so. and therapy helped a lot with that too and you know like uh yeah just a, sort of a general idea of you know sort of uh if you're not talking about something that doesn't mean it's going away mm-hmm. <laughs> and and like really what you're doing is like it's like just baggage that you're carrying around with you and it's sort of like you're you're getting on a flight and bringing like seven suitcases with you every time you want to go somewhere versus like or you could just like communicate it and get it out and now you mm-hmm. can get on board with a carry-on so anger can we talk about anger sure okay. so i'm afraid folks it seems that's why i gotta call 911 <laughs> i'm really angry I'm um no not none at least but um anyway so i'm wondering um your relationship with anger what kinds of things make you angry and i'm wondering if you have Held on when you are angry sometimes if you hold it on to it and then like I'm wondering like with women maybe that you've held on to it and then express it in a less than less than controlled way that you would have liked. Who told you that? <laughs> Who you've been talking to? I'm telling you, I've experiences as an I've not I have experiences as a non therapist. I've seen this before. I've seen uh, everything. Yeah. So anyway, so so is that 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 you know, I'm I'm wondering if your dad had a lot of innate anger because being a prosecutor, I wonder if some of it's biological. That's what I'm. Oh, wondering. sure, he was definitely bottled up and like. Did, did you he know, express like anger? Very infrequently, mm-hmm. but when mm-hmm. he did, it was sort of like, "Oh, what the hell is this? Where did that so, come from?" You so, know? what kind of things really make you angry? That whether whether you believe they should or not. I don't know. Lately, I don't get super angry about stuff. I think, uh, I mean, if someone's like, I don't like having my intelligence insulted, 
But that's not, I think I wind up irritated or frustrated. Anger to me mostly seems like a waste of energy. Like when someone gets really angry, I'm like, what are you doing? Well, why, why are you doing that? No, like, why, I mean, how's that's that? kind of, I mean, anger, I mean, just, I'm not talking about necessarily expressing it even. I'm talking about where you feel, you notice, noting that you're feeling angry. So I think maybe this is a doorway into talking more of just not being in touch with my feelings in general. Uh-huh. So I don't think I get super angry, but I also don't think I get super excited. I don't think I feel super intense emotions generally in any direction. And, you know, this might lead to a more interesting or more relevant conversation about detachment and, you know, oh, just okay. being disconnected from my feelings. And if you want to connect it to the experience of being around my mom or these other, you know, sort of, you know, uh, negative scenarios that I've encountered in my life and how that would lead to someone experiencing emotional detachment and not being connected to their feelings. Oh, that might be a, oh, a pathway to go doing my down. job. Great. Thanks. I, you need all the help I can get. Yeah, please, please, I, 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 please talk about that. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, so it's sort of like it's on some level, it can be easier to just not care or not feel like if there's bad shit happening on around you to just be like, Oh, whatever, you know, and just sort of, you know, but that can come at the expense of, you know, maybe that's also diminishing the amount of joy you feel or the mm-hmm. amount of like, uh, love that you can express or the way you can, you know, you know, if, if sometimes it's, you know, some sort of compression that happens, you know, or, or flattening that mm-hmm. of like, Oh, okay. Maybe your lows aren't that low, but maybe your highs aren't that high. And you're mm-hmm. just sort of like, you know, just trying to, control mm-hmm. you know your your mm-hmm. mental state so it's staying mm-hmm. in some some realm of acceptability to you so when you were growing up was anger expressed at you did your dad express anger did your mom express anger did you not really with no anybody? they, was they mostly anger in the house there's more of apathy than there was anger mm-hmm. <laughs> um no i don't recall there wasn't a lot of fighting or yelling or things like that so it's so really it was, detachment yeah a little yeah and how do you learn how to become more attached? I don't know if I have. I mean, I, I, is that something you have to work? Is that something you even have access to? I think you can. I think you, you need to, there just needs to be a sense of intentionality around it of like, oh, this is a good thing that happened. Let's stop and appreciate this good mm-hmm. thing. We should celebrate this. We should notice it and, you know, appreciate it in like a, in an active, intentional way. Um, as opposed to just being like, yeah, I got that, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, which I, I think is maybe, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if it's, it's, it's been a pattern in the past of mm-hmm. how I've handled things. And so, you know, and I mean, this comes from therapy of my therapy, me going to my therapist for years and just sort of explaining what happened and being like, okay, tell me what to do. And her being like, that's not how this works what we're going to do now is talk about how that made you feel. Mm-hmm. How did that land with you? Mm-hmm. She said all the time and I, until I just started laughing and then she stopped saying it. But basically like being like, I don't like, I don't even care who said what, like she doesn't say it this way, but this is my interpretation. I don't really fucking care what happened. I care about how it made you feel and about how you are handling mm-hmm. and processing that feeling and, and what, mm-hmm. how that's working out for you. Um, and so that, you know, I think was a bit of an awakening of like, oh, you know, like, and me being like, I don't think I really, I didn't really care. I didn't feel anything about it. So why you keep asking me that and realizing like, oh, that's, that's the tell right there. That was irritating. Irritating for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause I'm, I'm like, solve this problem. Tell me how to solve this problem. I mean, I've come to you with something that I, I want different and you should give me the path to make it different and she's like i'm gonna talk about your feelings and how you're reacting to things and just even accessing those feelings is something that 
uh, was and is challenging for me. And like, I, you know, I, but that in itself is, you know, like to me, the, oh, this is the thing to examine. So, okay, right. why, why aren't you, why aren't you angry about that? Why aren't you excited about that? Why are you right. not, you know, you, you describe things as uh, look at how successful you are, but I'm like, well, why, but why am I not getting these other things that, uh, you know, I, I would like to get mm-hmm. and, and just sort of this, and also re- recognizing how a lot of, a lot of these things can be really beneficial to you in some areas of your life, but then harmful in other areas. Mm-hmm. So like that can be really good for your career, let's say, to be constantly dissatisfied. And that mm-hmm. can really encourage you to work hard. But also maybe that's not the best way to lead your life in an emotional and, mm-hmm. and relationship mm-hmm. way to mm-hmm. constantly be dissatisfied. So um, what led you, how long have you been in therapy? Uh, I did it for about six years and I'm, um, kind of on hiatus now what 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 got you is it i'm guessing it's a relation relationship issues is that i'm gonna guess that i think that was a lot of focus Uh for sure yeah were you having trouble communicating with women and stuff like that was it like that or Mm, more of the anger stuff or uh i wasn't no i think uh i think it was just a combination of uh slight like anxiety or depression processing you know the death of my parents the mm-hmm. uh you know uh, uh relationships that didn't work out and you know examining that and what was my role in that and what do i want moving forward and how how can i not repeat mistakes that i've made um mm-hmm. yeah, and 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 frustration with you know either dating or relationships or you know like i think but well, you all seem, of that was swimming around. You seem to have like um, a really good way or really, you know, you have a good good way of um, processing everything intellectually. Like you've got deep understanding of everything. And it's sort of like the emotions just like the icing on the cake that you need. That, that's that's like uh, the emotions are just being dragged along like in a, a, tra- uh-huh. a trailer in the back. So, so that must have, you know, we only have six minutes left. This could go, I mean, so... Um, how is that? There's like two things I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about asking you about, we have six minutes. I'm thinking about asking you about how that, your anger and, and, and the distance related in your journey with women and where it is now with your girlfriend, which, you know, you, it sounds like a very positive thing. And then I'm also thinking about, um, what was the other thing? There was another thought I had that I really was interested in too. And now I can't even remember what that was. Give me a second. Um, about um, <laughs> I gotta fill the airtime. Oh, about masculinity and anger, about toxic masculinity and anger, like your anger and your view of yourself as a man. If that's some, is that a hot button for you? Is is that something that like like you and your feelings about anger? They're tied up together. You're kind of, I think this is all the same question, uh-huh. which in my mind, there is some amount of like resentment or anger I have for uh, based on, you know, probably uh, my inability to uh, communicate with women or like, you know, uh, be, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I was, I, the women were like this huge, like mystery to me. I was like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't get this. How do I, you know, just sort of like, feeling you know like um 
not really getting it. Like being like, but I, but I'm a nice guy and I'm interested in her and I call her, you know, uh, you know, every day. Like, why doesn't she, you know, isn't this what women want and being frustrated and like, you know, like kind of uh, dealing, dealing with that. And on some level, even feeling like, uh, oh, I'm, I'm supposed to be like playing games and hard to get and this stuff. Like, well, this is, this is dumb and you're making me do this. And like, why is, why are we having to go through all this? And, you know, some frustration being built up over time over that. Um, and then, and then, you know, tying in with the toxic masculinity. And now you're mad at men for behaving this way. Would like, why aren't you all like, super excited about like male social workers and male kindergarten teachers and men who are super sensitive and cry all the time. Why? Like, how come those aren't the men that you're like being like, what are we doing here? What's actually happening? Like this, uh, you know, is it anger? Is it frustration? Is it resentment? Am I some sort of like, you know, reformed incel or something? It's just like, I, I think it is just sort of like, uh, and I think it goes back to like the real frustration is like, why are we not having an honest dialogue around this? Right, and, and, but like that, I also think like that's a naive that part of again, if we're just going with traditional genders and male and female, yeah. part of the dance is that there is this kind of like mystery, and it doesn't always make sense, and that it is like kind of like uh, hazy, and it doesn't, it, it's not a, a logical thing that you just present on a chalkboard with a flowchart, and it's mm-hmm. all you know makes sense that it is sort of like you know this this crazy illogical i mean i think it's like the the definition of comedy is that you know the idea that men and women have to deal with each other <laughs> you know that's, right. that's right there that's that's the essence of it all and so then if you can if you can take that framework of it and you know sort of be like well yeah like we do want this but also we want that and it's all of the above and and none of it and like kind of you know uh, absorb and process this sort of uh you know uh not logical right you know right, version of right. of what it really is right. that i think that's that's the uh, more of a path towards right. healthiness but like i also would want to be able to like talk about i want to just be able to talk about all of it instead of like you know, bringing up stuff like that and just, you know, yeah, I guess it's like I get frustrated or I'm resentful that that if you do try to talk about stuff, you then you get labeled, you know, one of these, you know. Well, it's really funny because I think that perhaps you understand so many things so well through in, your intellectual, your, in, you know, your intellect and that none of it necessarily makes sense like uh the, like the lawyer the prosecutor father like it doesn't make sense and that's frustrating to you that emotions don't make sense that's it yeah, i'm constantly disappointed that things are not rational okay good because you know what it's they're not although what is rational is that the show ends in a minute and a half <laughs> that's that's just fact so um thank you so much and i want to make sure you guys uh go to matt rubycomedy.com or instagram ruby mad and i also want to remind you thank you for listening to dr lisa gives a shit i'm here every thursday two to three live but um i also have over 250 uh sessions on my archive if you go to radiofreebrooklyn.org you can find them and also, you know what's great? We have a newsletter that comes out every month. When you're uh, re- subscribing to the Rubes letter, subscribe <laughs> to the Radio Free Brooklyn newsletter, okay? Because then you can find out about all our events. We have live events and, uh, you know, just we have great interviews. And there's so so much great stuff happening here 
at the radio station. And uh, hopefully by next week, my cold will be better. Um, If I don't, I could go either way, really. You know what I'm saying? What I really want to do is just go home.